Tom Cruise continues to break box office records. Top Gun Maverick, the sequel. How about this over the weekend, earning another $86 million. It's now made almost $300 million domestically in just its first two weeks, making it the highest grossing film of Tom Cruise's career. Here's a Peter Howell, movie critic for the Toronto Star, who joins us now. Uh, Peter, good afternoon. Hi, Jeff. How you doing? I'm well, thanks. Uh, what is it about this film that is driving people back to the movie theater once again? You know what's incredible is that it looks like it's going to be the first billion-dollar film for Tom Cruise. Can you believe that with all the movies that he's been in? Well, you know, I was going to ask you, sort of interrupt, but are you surprised that this is Cruise's highest-grossing film? I mean, he's had some pretty big films. Yeah, when you think of the entire Mission Impossible franchise and things like that, I mean, I, I am surprised. Uh, I'm sure inflation has something to do with it, but in the middle of a pandemic, to to be able to have numbers like that, like this, another one is that it's made 550 million worldwide in two weeks, two weekends. The the entire run of Top Gun in '86 was 357 million worldwide, so it's like way beyond the entire run of the first one. And the other thing, they've been sitting on this movie for two years. They could have released it in 2020. They were going to release it in 2020, but but Cruz, who's one of the producers, he said, no, I want it on a big screen and a full rollout, and he was right. Yeah, so what is it, again, back to my original question, what is it about this film, Top Gun Maverick, uh, that people are heading to the movie theater once again, do you think? I think it's familiarity. You know, I mean, the character is a very likable character, even though he's really arrogant. Um, and I think people who are old enough to remember him, they want to go back and revisit that character, and I think he's interesting enough for a younger audience that they want to check him out and they know it's going to be action. They know it's going to be fun. And basically the plot of the movie is like the end of the first star Wars where, where Luke Skywalker, uh, you know, blows up the death star. That's basically your plot. Tom gets a bunch of, uh, you know, high flying top gun people to go with him to an, an impossible mission to blow up a, uh, underground uranium mine by the quote enemy that they never identify. So I'm sure you've seen this uh, film. What do you make of the special effects and the flying sequences? I've not seen the film uh, yet myself, uh, Peter, but uh, of course I saw the original in the theater way back when in 86, and I remember it being groundbreaking then when it came to those scenes. I got to tell you, I liked it a lot. I liked it better than the original. I saw it at Cannes, of all places, um, where we had a great reception. Um, you know, it, the, the, the effects of like 30, what, 36 years or something of extra, you know, fine-tuning and computers, um, yeah, they're still flying F-18s, I think, is the, the, the plane, but uh, it's well done. And also the, the story is much deeper. Like there was basically no story in the first film. It was like one gigantic music video, Kenny, Kenny Loggins video. Um, this one has the, the, the story about, you know, the, the son of, of Goose, of the late Goose. He sort of uh, has issues with, uh, with Maverick, with Pete Maverick, uh, Tom Cruise's character. And then you've got Iceman, which is Val Kilmer, who has had serious health issues in recent years. So he comes back. So there's a lot of sentiment there. There's a lot of interest. And there's actually a story. So this is one of those rare sequels that's actually much better than the original. Yeah, it lives up to the hype. I was going to ask you, how much pressure was there on uh, Tom Cruise in particular? I mean, to follow up something 35 years later, I mean, Top Gun has become a pretty iconic movie. Yeah. You know, I think Tom Cruise is a robot sent from another planet. I think, I think he, you know, he, he knows people are going to show up. They come to see him, and he knows that. So I don't, when you talk about pressure with him, I don't think it's the kind of pressure other people feel. He, he feels pressure of how much better he can make it, but I think he's absolutely serene in knowing that this movie was going to do well. Yeah, and you mentioned this uh, earlier, just how much foresight was there in not releasing this uh, during the pandemic, uh, waiting, I guess, uh, I mean, obviously we're still uh, in the midst of a uh, pandemic uh, here, but not at the height, maybe, of the uh, pandemic, and just insisting that this didn't go immediately to, to streaming, that it went to the big screen. 
Yeah, I mean, I saw him interviewed at Cannes. Uh, he was given a special award, and they said, you know, why didn't you uh, bring this out in a streamer? And he said, I don't do streamers. He said, I make movies or big screens, period. That's the way it is. And I thought, wow, this guy, he, he swings a big enough stick that he can say that in Hollywood, like no streaming. So I guess good on him. Um, he knows what he wants, and he's getting it. So is this the return, do you think? Uh, you and I have talked about this several times, uh, you know, during, again, the height of the pandemic. Is this the return of people going back to the movie theater? Well, you know, Doctor Strange, that's made over 900 million U.S. Uh, and that's been out like, what, seven weeks now? And that's, that, could, that also could hit a billion. So I think the return has already started. But if there was any doubt, this certainly underlines it. I mean, to be setting records... You know, we, when we're still fighting COVID, that's pretty darn good. Um, you know, so you know, I, I, you know, Tom Cruise is a strange guy. Like, I, I really admire him as an actor. I don't know what I think of him as a person, but uh, can't take anything away from the guy. And he, he certainly proved that there is still an audience out there if you have the right movie. All right, and if you're going to go see this movie, if you've not yet seen Top Gun Maverick, should you see it in IMAX, and should you go to a theater that's got the seats that uh, movie yeah. all uh, all over the place? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it's like being it's like being strapped onto a Saturn V watching it. You know, it's a, it's a, it's 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 quite entertaining. Here with Peter Howell, movie critic, of course, for the uh, Toronto Star. Peter, you also mentioned that you're just back from uh, Con. Talk to yep. us uh, about that. Uh, what was the experience like this year? You know, it's funny, it, every year there's always some Hollywood movies and there's you know, the usual art house movies, but this year there seemed to be a much greater split between the uh, Hollywood and, and the art house. I mean, they also had the, the premiere of Elvis, which is coming here on uh, June 24th in theaters. Tom Hanks plays, uh, you know, Colonel Tom Parker and uh, Austin Butler, who was in um, you know, Tarantino's you know, Hollywood movie, played a Manson family person. Uh, he plays Elvis, and I quite liked it. It seemed to, uh, it seemed to have um, divided the critics a bit. Some people thought it was way over the top. But to, to complain about Baz Luhrmann's movies being over the top is like, you know, it's going to be complained about a disco ball, right, being too glittery. So there's a lot of glitter, a lot of razzmatazz, but it, I think it really holds up, and uh, it's extremely entertaining. So that's something to look forward to on June 24th. Uh, the, the, those two movies really lit up Cannes this year. They, they even had a sort of a digital fireworks display of uh, Elvis things on a beach party, which I was at. Quite entertaining, but... Um, yeah, do you uh, expect Elvis to do well? Because again, it's back to that nostalgia thing, right? That we were just talking about yeah. with Top Gun. I think so. You know, it's certainly going to bring out the older audience. Whether it attracts the younger ones, I don't know. But Austin Butler is a very charismatic character. Um, if it gets good word of mouth, and if uh, people feel like seeing a, a movie, you know, if people still like Elvis's music, which I assume they do, although it has been a long time, um, you know, it remains to be. It'd be really interesting to see that whether that's true or not. But look, look what happened with the the Beatles thing. Back, you know, you know, back at Christmas time when they had like an eight-hour Beatles thing. There's obviously a lot of interest in older music, so I think, um, yeah, I think it could, I think it could do, do really well. Okay. Anything else on your radar for the summer? Um, well, you know, uh, Jordan Peele has a movie called Nope. It's like basically a science fiction, uh, you know, invaders from another planet in the desert type of movie, and I believe that Nope is supposed to stand for not of planet Earth. Not much to say about that movie. We don't know much about it, but Jordan Peele, we don't get out and us. He's always an interesting guy. It's got Daniel Kaluuya in it from, uh, from get out. I'm really curious about it. I think that the uh, trailers are very intriguing. So, uh, looking for that one. And then in August, bullet train, Brad Pitt plays an assassin aboard a bullet train in Japan. He, he's always great when he does a role like that. Very entertaining. So looking forward to that. All right. And there's also a couple of other big summer blockbusters on the horizon that also kind of play into that uh, nostalgia theme. We've got uh, Lightyear and yep. also uh, Jurassic Park is uh, coming back to theaters. Oh, yeah. This Friday, actually. I forgot about that one. Jurassic Park, uh, Jurassic World Dominion. That's interesting. Remember remember in the Star Trek uh, movies where um, 
the original cast met the new cast. I can't remember which one it was, and it was kind of like matter meeting antimatter. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the original Jurassic Park trilogy meets the uh, the new Jurassic World trilogy in one, I guess, one gigantic dino battle to the to the thing. So that, that's going to be interesting. Absolutely. Peter Howell, always interesting uh, discussing films with you. Thanks, as Likewise. always. And we'll uh, talk again soon. Great. Take care. Bye-bye. You too. Peter Howell, movie critic for the uh, Toronto Star. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone. Like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.